Hi, my name is Meredith Smith, and I'm some of the authors on this paper, Chronic Pain Interference Assessment Tools for Children and Adults Who Are Unable to Self-Report. This was uh, published in 2023 in Developmental Medicine and Child Neurology, along with a great author team, Lucy Farrah, Rachel Gibson, Ray Russo, and Adrian Harvey. So why is this topic important? So pain interference in disability um, is a significant issue and chronic pain itself is very common in people with disability, often more so than in the general population, but often it's poorly understood, identified and managed. And one of the reasons for this is potentially an underutilisation of pain assessment tools um, and particularly when we're thinking about how pain interferes with function. So a number of other reviews have looked at observational assessment measures um, for people with disability, particularly those who can't self-report. But again, the focus has primarily been on uh, pain intensity, which we know is less important to people with uh, chronic pain than how pain interferes with their daily life. For example, how does pain interfere with their quality of life, ability to participate in physical activity, ability to sleep? So how do we assess pain if someone can't self-report? And there might be a number of reasons why they can't self-report. For example, um, communication ability limitations or cognitive ability limitations. This review in particular focused on those who have um, the inability to self-report via any method. So these are individuals who don't have any objective method of self-reporting. These are not individuals who perhaps use um, alternative communication devices or just have cognitive limitations that could be adapted for if we change the way that we're assessing. And those who can self-report and who fit into those categories should be supported to do so, and they weren't the focus of this review. So our aims were to identify the tools that we could use to assess pain interference in um, children, adolescents, and adults with chronic pain and the inability to self-report. And then secondly, to determine the psychometric properties and clinical utility of these tools. So we reviewed three databases, identified the tools and the articles on the psychometric properties of the tools, and then extracted and evaluated the data using the COSMIN guidelines for systematic reviews of measurement instruments. From this, we uh, ended up with 10 tools that could be used. Nine of these were observational report measures um, and one was a clinician report measure. We, when we extracted the data on the psychometric properties, we were particularly interested in content validity and, structure, and structural validity and internal consistency. This is because when we're looking at content validity, this is whether a tool measures what it is actually supposed to measure. And what we could see from our results were that we had one tool, the paediatric pain profile, which met the criteria for COSMIN recommending for use low level content validity and low level internal consistency. You'll also see below that the PROMIS, Paediatric Pain Interference Scale. Um, that also came out with a recommendation, however, uh, a caveat that it wasn't um, assessed in people who could not self-report. So these were our recommendations from our review. As you can see, the Paediatric Pain Profile for Children and Adolescents. We weren't able to make a recommendation for adults from this particular review, but there were three tools, the DOL Plus 2 Modified Brief Pain Inventory and the Promise Pain Interference Scale for adults, the proxy report version, which were promising but required further research. 
So the potential issues that we identified in this review for assessing pain in people who can't self-report is the accuracy of proxy report. So all of the studies who looked at the reliability or construct validity of a proxy report version of a self-report tool looked at this based on um, self-report versus proxy report. For an individual who can't complete a self-report version, um, it doesn't give us any insight into how reliable that tool is as a proxy report for someone who can't self-report. As I mentioned before, we're also thinking about can the individual actually not self-report or is it just that the tool is not appropriate for their communication ability or cognitive ability? And thirdly, we need to be testing these tools in populations of people who can't self-report, not just testing the proxy report method in people who can. So overall, the paediatric pain profile should be used for assessing chronic pain interference in children and adolescents who can't self-report. We might need to look at validating some of the tools for adults, and we also might need to modify some of the tools to best represent the population.